Hey, what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, you're not going to believe it, but I actually have a guest on my podcast. It is the first Zoom call podcast that I've ever done, and I think it went really well. Uh, it The quality is pretty decent. You can tell internet kind of cuts in and out here and there, and it kind of gets quality gets a little funny, but it's just like little snippets here and there, and I feel like you can still make out what we're talking about, but... Uh, my buddy Matt Clark, who I haven't really talked to too much, we've interacted through social media here and there in the last few years, but I met him in 2008 when I was in Turkey. Uh, we were both dog handlers together, uh, good friends, worked together, hung out all the time, and we had a lot of things in common. Uh, we gamed together, we get into all this stuff, man, and I think it went really well. Uh, he bugged me about it, and he was like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, and I'm glad he did, man. He got me got me going, and it said, fuck it, let's just do it and see how it goes, and I think it turned out really well, you guys. So, uh, finally got a guest on, and my first Zoom podcast ever on the Davecast. Uh, here it is, Matt Clark, you guys. Hey, what's up, hey, everybody? What is going on, everybody? What's going on, everybody? What up, everybody? Welcome, welcome to the Dave Cast. Welcome back to Dave Cast. The Dave Cast. The Dave Cast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for listening. Man, I cannot get a point across to save my life today, you guys. I'm getting emotional. Stop getting emotional, Dave. Listen to me, you guys. I'm out of control. So, welcome to the Dave Cast. I'm gonna be your host, Dave Helmbrett. This was the first podcast. I hope you guys liked it. I love you guys, and thank you so much. Love you guys. Listening. Later. All right, man. What's up? <laughs> Not much, man. It's been a long time. What, since, uh, shit, I think I met you like in 2008, maybe? Yeah, I think, was I in Turkey? No, I was in Turkey in, God, I'm terrible with dates, dude, and trying to remember shit. Like, my memory is so, like, fucking entangled with so much shit. Yeah, I think um, I got there in 2008, stayed there till 2010. I was on that accompanied tour, and you were there on the... Single guy, unaccompanied, living yeah, in the dorms and living shit, in the dorms, causing yeah. trouble. Uh, we were both dog handlers there. Um, what dog did you work again? Didn't you have that itchy ass dog? Yeah, that I had, had like, that allergy. Yeah, Ronnie, stupid dog. <laughs> and then I, uh, so I, then Ronnie died, and then I got Max. I think did Ronnie die while I was there? I can't remember. Yeah, what happened to Ronnie? I don't remember. He just got sick. He was an old man. I remember you remember Rocky died. That shit was crazy. Were you there when Rocky died? AJ Frank was working him? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. He like they like he jumped up into the back of a truck one time. They helped him up into one of the three fifties and he like hit his stomach or his abdomen on the truck. And within thirty days, like it like made cancer break out in his abdomen. And he like lost twenty pounds in like a couple weeks and just died. Damn, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's yeah, it's almost like there was already some sort of freaking uh, there's shit going on in there, and I guess just him hitting the truck like activated it or whatever. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy time. And then, uh, what was that crazy dog that um, God, Carter worked? Uh, Avar, <laughs> or not Avar. Avar was one of my dogs, but uh, Arab wasn't it? Like Arab yeah, or Arab? Yeah, or something? something like that. Yeah, it was like a long haired. Shepherd or something. I, I think he was considered a Belgian Traverne. But. Yeah, Traverne. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest, ugliest fucking dog I'd ever seen as yeah. a working dog. Um, he like ate like his vet wrap and like choked on it in his kennel or something. Yeah, those dogs it was, are, it was those fucking dogs are weird. Crazy. I've stayed in touch with Carter a little bit. 
Uh, I went and stayed at his place in Fayetteville, Arkansas, when I was going down to NCOA. We hung out. We like drove motorcycles uh, all over, man. In Arkansas, dude, like people joke about fucking Arkansas and how shitty it is. Or I don't know, like what, why they think it's shitty. But like, dude, it was beautiful. Just trees and hills and like lakes all over. Yeah, I've never but been. I'm from, North, I'm from fucking North Dakota, so everything's freaking beautiful for me, man. Yeah, I I know those guys like him and what was his name Smith. I think they were they were all about Buells and buying Buells or something when they got back. And I think Carter bought a Buell, or maybe Smith owned a Buell or something. I I can't remember. Smith owned a bunch of Buells. Uh, Carter ended up buying like some a Yamaha, I think. Okay. Uh, When I was there visiting him, he had um, what are the dirt bikes crossed over into like uh, like a dual sport type of thing? Yeah, he had a dual sport. I don't remember what kind it was. And then he let me ride around on this old like '80s Honda that he had. It was like a vintage bike that he was working on and stuff. And that's cool. I don't know. It was, it was a lot of fun riding through uh, Arkansas. Were you stuff. with them when they went on that trip in Turkey? They rented those motorcycles. Oh, no, I didn't go on with them or whatever. Did they go? They ended up going to um, over by Istanbul, right? What was that spot? Yeah, I can't remember. I remember they rented motorcycles and went, went somewhere on them. Dude, I couldn't imagine riding around Turkey on a motorcycle. Like he let me ride his Beulah around every once in a while, around messing around off base a couple of times. But yeah, and I, I wasn't a big motorcycle rider at the time. Like I rode dirt bike and stuff in high school, motorcycles here and there when a friend let me ride them. But I didn't yeah. really get into it till I got back. Um, when I was in Qatar, I bought a Harley. It was just like a it's a, a forty eight. It was like the big front tire. Yeah, sports. And yeah. it was just, yeah, one of their sportsters or whatever. And it was an all right bike, man. It just, around town was great. But once, I remember the first time I took it out on the interstate and hit 70, I felt like it was going to blow me off the fucking bike. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I actually own one of those. I bought one too. Yeah. Uh, but I felt the same way. Like every time I go down the highway, it felt like my feet always got pushed off the pegs. And dude, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it my butt. Uh, and then I got a, a Buell 1125R. So like, I know Smith actually kind of got me interested in Buells and this and that. So yeah, like, same with me. Bike yeah. for sale. Seen this bike for sale. And I went and, uh, I went and got it, man. And an 1125R, 1100 fucking CC, uh, you know, it's a sport bike, but it's like the, the, it's the, um, it's a V twin, right? Is that what they call it? Yeah. It's a yeah. Rotex V twin engine. And it was like, like so fuck dude i couldn't keep the front tire on the ground uh any i dude i could hang with leader bikes like freaking r1s and other shit like that dude like i was i shouldn't have owned that bike man <laughs> yeah I and then did i the ended same up blowing thing. i ended up blowing it up uh well it locked up on me in the same night uh we were riding around and there's a bunch of it sounded like the gearbox was chattering and there's a bunch of chatter and i'm like well let's get it home and whatever. Well, we ripped down the interstate. Like, dude, I hit like 130 miles an hour and we get off the interstate and we're going down uh, one of the main drags in Grand Forks here. And all of a sudden the rear tire just locks up and throws me forward. I grabbed the clutch, which thank God it started to roll again. Um, if I would have went down, it would have been pretty slow. I think I would have been all right. But I could imagine, dude, if that tire locked up doing 130 miles an hour, bro, I wouldn't Jeez, be here yeah, right now man. or I'd be sitting in a wheelchair. Yeah, I've done that before. Not not that, but you know, got the I had like a CBR 1000 ridiculous motorcycle and I don't know. I love motorcycles. I'd, I'd love to get another one. 
My favorite one that I ever owned was a Triumph I, Bonneville, I, like a little uh, get around town bike. Uh, I want to get a bike too, man. But my neck injuries and shit I'm dealing with right now, I wouldn't be able to ride very far. Yeah, I've been listening long. to all your podcasts. You're all fucked up. I know. Oh, can man. I cuss on here? Uh, two neck surgeries. Yeah, I cuss all the time on okay, I talk. Right. I say all, all right. sorts of shit. <laughs> all right. I just try to be on the podcast, man. I try to be as real as possible. There's been a bunch of podcasts back in the day where I obviously don't talk about, I didn't talk about a lot of shit I had going on. And I wish I could have, though. That was like, it really bothered me that I didn't, I couldn't bring up certain things or whatever. Like I was cheating on Robin with all these girls, man. And like, <sighs> I obviously I ain't going to talk about it on there. You know, after I got busted, I bring it up every once in a while. Uh, I was a huge pothead for a little, like over a year and a half, maybe almost two years. And I had jobs that tested, so I couldn't fucking bring it up on the podcast. Yeah. I was stoned for almost most of them. And yeah. I feel like I did. I no. Nah, I mean, at the time, I justified it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm better when I'm high because I'm just kind of like flowing and it, I can talk and stuff." But I get like paranoid that I sound stupid, and that I, you know, that I just wasn't making any sense. So I would always delete it, and I don't know. I'm I'm like my biggest critic when it comes to uh, like the content and shit that I put out. Yeah, just, for sure. Yeah. No, I understand, I just, dude. My verbal pauses used to be so bad. Um, uh, so <laughs> like it's it's. I don't know. I'm getting better at it. And, you know, the more you do it like anything else, the better you're going to get at it or whatever. Yeah, I think the Air Force trained all that out of me. I've been to so many, like, instructor schools and whatever, but I still have some of them that I that I catch myself doing a lot, and it is what it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, man, it is what it is. I used to edit it out. I'd go through, and I would I would just cut out the, the, the verbal pauses or, like, you know, the ums and all this stuff. And yeah. I stopped doing that, too. I'm like, you're going to get – you get the real me, man. If you want to listen, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyways, yeah. So back to Turkey, I, I've been, uh, so I, you know, I was a dog handler with you and then I, I retrained and became a load master on C-17s and went back several times, you know, and it's completely changed since 10 years ago or whatever, whenever we were there. You, you know, what's you so different from when we were there? Well, I mean, the base is the same, obviously. And there's, there's, uh, you know, a lot of people there still but it's you can't go off base you can't go to the alley you can't do any of that any of that kind of thing anymore why did that all change i you know just it was a terrorist threat and so they deemed it that you can't go out there it's not like that shit wasn't there when we were there oh right? i know but yeah i know i mean damn dude, we how were... shitty would turkey be if you can't leave base i mean do they <sighs> do like mwr trips and stuff probably still maybe? yeah i don't know i, I mean i don't know because i I don't know. I haven't been there in a long time, but dude, being stuck on that base would have freaking sucked. I love Turkey, man. I talk about it all the time and you know, beautiful place. The people are kind of fucking weird, you know, but dude, that job sitting in that big metal building, you know, searching all those dump trucks. God. Same fucking trucks over and yeah, over. Yeah. Like how many dump trucks were there just all day? Clark. <laughs> like, uh, it was hot as shit. Yeah. Aslan. You remember Aslan? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember all the, those dudes are funny, man. Yeah, David, David, <laughs> like Jesus, Amel. Yeah, I, Amel. I, I, I've stayed in touch with Amel for a little while on Facebook and stuff, but yeah, I did geez. too for a little bit, but yeah, it was hard to get in touch with her sometimes. I'd ask her how she's doing, or send her like a birthday thing, you know. Facebook yeah. tells was, you when it's people's birthdays. I was curious. I know she was trying to get to the United States eventually, but I don't know if I wonder if she ever made it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. 
Too know. many people like to try to keep up with man. Like that's and that's one good thing about social media. I could go into fucking why social media is terrible, <laughs> but I mean it's like I get to see stuff you post and things you do, you know, and I get to see a few other people. But that's like the whole Air Force career was just meeting cool people and then saying goodbye. And you can't keep tr- you can't keep up with all. Of no, them, you man. can't, no man. It, it's funny because like you know this is my seventh duty station, and every every one you go to, there's always those couple of people that you meet and you wish you could take them with you to the next place but it's kind of like all right then well you know we had a good couple of years maybe i'll talk to you maybe i won't it programs you weird man and i don't know if you feel the same way but like i'd miss people in a way but it's like i in a way i don't miss people it's because when you're deployed or you're tdy or you're away from your loved ones you know you can't sit and miss them the whole time you'll go crazy you know you get depressed so like you just I don't know if you like suppress those feelings or what, but yeah, now it's like I cannot see my kids. They live in the same town as me. I cannot see them for a couple of weeks and yeah, it it's ain't crazy, like man, man, I can't wait to see my kids. And I I love when I see them, but it's it's weird how I you know, and it's it's something I'm working through with therapy and shit too. But it's just weird, man. Yeah, I, I, and that's just I don't um, know. It's just kind of been like that for me at all these places. I and you meet a couple of good people, like I said, and make really strong friendships with them and they're still friends. I just don't talk to them anymore. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I comment on some of their fucking Facebook stuff here and there. Yeah, for sure. But you see AJ, you know, remember AJ Frank, right? Yeah. Chief. He made chief. Damn. I knew he was gonna, man. He was such a kiss ass <laughs> the whole time, but I mean, he was just career orientated and I wasn't, I go back and now I look at it. I wish I would have, I wish I would have studied for promotions more. Sure. I wish I would have put myself out there more. That other I mean, the, I to, the guy after him, Magus or Magnus or Dan, yeah, yeah, yeah. I he made chief Dan too, I think. And his hot wife. Yeah, I th- well, I think <laughs> he's a chief. Uh, he's up know. there. I know that. I guess a whole bunch of people I served with are making senior, making chief, and I never even I would never even imagine like I would have made master. I got out. Of, I got out of the fourteen year mark, and I'm sure I would have made master by the time I got out. But yeah. Um, I guess being the, being the kennel master there is, uh, yeah, man, if you would have been the kennel master, cause you, you know, both of those guys, uh, who was that, that girl that was there before them as a kennel master. Yeah. Charlene Daniels. Yeah. Daniels. I wonder if, like, does she get out or I think she's out. She would have retired by now. Dude, I would have retired last year. Yeah. I'm about to, I got, uh, like 12 months left. What rank, in, what rank are you right now? I'm a tech. Oh, a tech. Yeah. Are you in that? Aren't you? You're in a career field that's like not very high man, it, right? Or yeah, it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's, uh, it's hard to make promotions. Yeah, very hard. But use that you know, as an excuse, bro. It, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my excuse. I'm I'm happy when though. You, you know, I, uh, October of 22. So I pushed the button in like I don't know what six months. What's the chance of making master before then? Or are you uh, not even worried about nah, it? No, I'm not even worried about it, man. I just want to get out. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to retire and be done. And Dude, when they offered, when I seen the, uh, in 14, they were doing the a volunteer separation program. Yeah, the Terra. I, I thought about it a whole bunch, and I'm like, man, and I was I was the NCOIC. I was in charge of the commercial gate here at Grad Forks. Talk about fucking boring, man. And I wasn't working a dog anymore, and it was just, I was just ready to get out, dude. I was worthless. Not, you know I mean? I looked, I stood up for my troops and did what I had to do, but 
I just seen so much bullshit and I was just, I was ready, ready to get out. Yeah, um, it was like some days me. I regret it. Like knowing I would have retired last year, bro. Seriously. You know, and I retired, even if I retired as a tech or early master, I'd be getting almost two grand a month free money for the rest yeah, of my you life. Would. Yeah. Plus your disability. But my, uh, my wife just retired actually. Me to be a so. recruiter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, recruiting. I, haven't seen, cool. I don't get any of my disability money yet either. I'm 70% disabled through the VA right now. And there's a good chance I'm going to be 100 uh, here soon. But when I did that VSP, they gave me 85,000 and I got to pay all that shit back to you before I can fucking, before I can get any of my money. Oh man. That's so I'll start seeing money next, next summer sometime. 2022 is when I'll start seeing some money. If I get 100%, it'll pay back a lot faster. Oh yeah. 100%. That's like $3,600 a month. Yeah. My buddy gets it right now. And I'm like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I work with a guy here. He's a retired master, 100%, and he's like a GS9 or something and drives an Escalade, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like Re- The retirement alone is like a, a fucking really nice house payment. Oh, you know? yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah. I regret it sometimes, but like I said, they're making me be a recruiter. Uh, I would have to leave Grand Forks, and I wasn't ready to leave my kids. I was in a pretty good relationship at the time, which I end up fucking up, which I did all relationships. But... Uh, I just wasn't ready to leave my kids. And the nearest place I could have got was somewhere in like the Minneapolis area or uh, like, I think Omaha area or whatever. Like they just got a recruiter, a new recruiter in Fargo. So I wasn't gonna be able to get Fargo. Uh, I think the nearest recruiter other like out in rapid city and like I said, Omaha and stuff. And I was, I just wasn't ready to leave my kids. And, you know, I was, I, you know, I was in a really good relationship with a really good girl at the time. And I don't know. And then I got out and went to welding school yeah, I'd like to learn awesome. how to weld. Yeah, welding school was cool, man. It was like going to shop class every day for a year. <laughs> yeah, that was I always my favorite it. in school. Yeah, man. Um, I still love to weld. Uh, when I was, I welded. When I got done with school, I only worked one welding job through. Uh, it's called PS Doors or P- PS Industries now, and we just made industrial doors, a whole bunch of like safety hatch stuff, flood 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 prevention stuff, and. Dude, welding in a manufacturing setting was like boring. Like yeah, same bet. shit over and over. Same welds over and over every day. And there was cool perks to it where I would weld shit and make stuff out of scrap metal. Like I could make anything I wanted out of metal there. Like you had the folding machines, tube benders, you name it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like by the time I got done, I was operating a, the robot because my I had injury, I had my first neck injury and surgery came back and they had this robot that they were trying to program and get running. And I took it over, man. And I went ham on it. Like it was fun learning it. And I was making the company a bunch of money and we were, you know, making shit more efficiently and this and that. But yeah, uh, I just ended up missing so much work because of the surgeries that they let me go. And I don't know, but like working as a civilian, bro, when you get out, man, you get a civilian job, dude. It's like, you get, you do more work, you show up on time, you like take pride in your job and you get the same raise as the fucking alcoholic guy next to you that messes up shit all day and he's late. Yeah, I guess that's day. how it goes. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. I don't know what I'm going to do now, dude, with these neck surgeries and this and that. And I don't want to talk about me. My people, they know all about me. Man, but, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, you know. I'm getting a nerve implant, a nerve stimulator implant put in my neck here in a couple of weeks. And well, actually about a month now they rescheduled it. And if, you know, if that takes a lot of the pain away, I'll, uh, 
I'll start looking at a job, dude. I don't know what, you know, obviously I can't go back to welding or any like really physical jobs. I don't know. I can't afford to fucking hurt my neck again. And dude, it has been terrible being out of work and just do that's why I make stupid back cast videos and I sit <laughs> here and try to entertain myself. And then with the neck injuries, I can't do the grappling and jujitsu anymore. Like, all right, but that's enough about me, man. I don't even, where are you at right now though? Like where are you stationed? Yeah. So now I'm stationed at Shaw in uh, South Carolina. It's in this little town in Sumter. Um, I just got here a few months ago. I was, uh, so I left Turkey when we were, you know, I was with you and I went to Malmstrom, which is in Montana and that place. I hated it. I really just hated being a cop. I like being a dog handler, but you know, I knew like I was getting promoted and you can't be a dog handler anymore type of thing. And so at the end of the day, I was still going to be a cop. So that was at my 10 year mark. And, you know, I was like, I got to get out of this. So I went to the the Air Force has that website where you can go and see all the different jobs that are available for retraining. And so I picked the top three that needed the most people because in my mind, to get out of this, you know, I got to go to something that they want. And so it was Loadmaster, Boom Operator, and something else. And, yeah, and they picked me up for Loadmaster, and that was that. So then I went to... Uh, explain, explain to my listeners, like, what what is a Loadmaster? Yeah, so Loadmaster... Uh, you basically are in charge of the weight and balance of all the airplanes. So, you know, you have an airplane, you load something heavy on it, and it has to be where the where the airplane can fly. If it's too far forward or too far aft in the back, then it will not fly correctly. And so anyway, you yeah, you you go wherever you load the equipment or the, the gear or the troops or whatever it is and you fly it to wherever it needs to go and and it was a great job. Probably the best enlisted job ever, besides the Coast Guard, is being an aircraft loadmaster, at least on C-17s. Uh, because we didn't really... I mean, we would deploy, but it would be for 45 days. We'd go to Kuwait or something like that and fly out of Kuwait to wherever. And, yeah. So and, you've been all over then. Where where have you all been? Oh, man, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. I, my favorite place was Greece. Uh, I always like going to uh, Siganella, which is in Sicily. We we used to do this run because I was stationed at Dover, and we would go from Dover, which is in Delaware, down to Virginia to this Navy base. I flew out of Dover a couple times. Yeah, so then we'd go from Virginia over to Rota, which is in Spain, spend the night, and then go from Spain to Siganella, which is in Sicily, spend the night, hit up, then fly from there to Bahrain back and do that same thing back. And it was great. It was awesome. The people were awesome. It was the best squadron I've ever been in for sure. Really? Did you ever fly into like Iraq, Afghanistan or any of that? Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. I mean, every, every chance, every time you go is where you're going, but yeah, yeah. bringing shit in and out, bringing shit in and out. Yeah. Especially like, you know, I did a uh, deployment to Kuwait out of Dover and that's all you do is just into Iraq to every place. And then back. And, you know, it was crazy, too, because I remember the first time I ever went to Erbil, which is in, you know, in Iraq, and we landed. And, you know, I've been to Iraq several times, especially as a dog handler, and the place was just sucked. You know, it wouldn't be a tourist type of destination ever. But anyways, we landed, we landed in Erbil, and I get off the plane, and I'm like, are we in Iraq? Like, this doesn't, you know, everything was green, and there was trees and grass, and nothing was on fire. So it was crazy, <laughs> you know. And... 
I just remember thinking to myself, like, man, I'd, I'd come here. I mean, I wouldn't. But, uh, you know, if I had to pick a place, that would be it. Yeah. When I was in, I flew into to, to Baghdad, and I didn't realize it was just endless rows of palm trees or whatever they were as far as you could see. Yeah. And I was, like, expecting it just to be desert and whatnot. And, I mean, a couple of the fobs I went out to were pretty deserty. Uh, a lot of my missions that I went out on was just looking for caches and it was like farmland and stuff. It was actually pretty nice and it wasn't like overly hot. You know, it wasn't Iraq to me. Like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. We got, you know, you got some shit every once in a while, but other, you know, other than that, like it wasn't, wasn't bad. And we would just be doing training at these little fobs waiting for an, an army, you know, company to pick you up and take you out with them. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I did the and same so, type of thing. I was in sometimes uh, missions were like the temp ops tempo was like high and you were going out every week. And then all of a sudden it would just die down. And like, I would just fucking hang out. And you know what? The funny thing is, is I would sit and play conquer, which I wanted to bring up with you. Oh, like, yeah, I hate your guts. Yeah, I, hate that, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've talked about it on my podcast before, but like conquer is like a, you know, it's like, I don't know a generic version of wow. Like what would you call it? Like, I don't know. That's, that's the only game like that I've ever played. It's like RPG, and I talk about WoW, and I make jokes about WoW nerds and stuff. But I feel like that game, dude. If I played it, like I'm gonna disappear into it, and I'm like <laughs> that with a lot of games. Yeah, I don't even really remember the gist of that game, but I remember you jump around a lot, Conquered, trying to find I mean, was, Dragon Balls more, or yeah, or, Dragon Balls, and then you're always upgrading your gear. Yeah, always, and it was a yeah. paid. It was a pay to win game, though. Yeah, whoever had the you know with all your gear, all your gear and your character's level gave you a battle point score and you could have a battle point score of like 300 and I could have 301 and there's, you'll never beat me. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. I, I remember on that game, I was like, uh, I, I started playing it and I got, I got to talking to this other dude who was, uh, like a Romanian or something. And I bought a bunch of gear from him, like for real money, you know? And, I was just like this badass dude on this game and I made myself like a healer or something or a reviver or I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd go around and we would have like the wars against other people and I'd just go around because nobody could kill me because I had all this super gear on. And I would just revive all my teammates, and I just remember you like, did that. We were—that's what we did, man. We had water tails, and we would just bounce around and just keep reviving all the badass players. In yeah, game. it was. Just, yeah, these guild wars where it was just everybody hits this. They hit that pillar in the middle, you know. Oh everybody yeah, just trying to destroy the pillar. And when the time ran out, whoever owned the pillar won. And now I look back on it now, man, and it was—it was pretty generic. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was dumb. I just remember like. You couldn't, I don't think you could walk. You had to jump everywhere you, you could went walk, or but something. But it was like super slow. And then, yeah, you could, everybody hopped around yeah. the whole time. Yeah, it was stupid. And you had to just go around and like dumb. kill monsters and stuff. And then like I'd be out there just for hours and jump all the way, you know. And then some dude would just come by and sit next to me. I'm like, this dude's going to kill me. And then <laughs> <laughs> one shot, you know, I'm dead. Yeah, man. I haven't played that game. I remember, I remember being in Turkey playing that game and like waking up in the middle of the night because you know because we were completely opposite time from the United States, so I could get up for the war or whatever and go revive all my clanmates. Now, dude, I would like, walk around the these small fobs in Iraq trying to find the best Wi-Fi signal I could find, 
so I could play that fucking game. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine yeah. if I would have spent that time, like, reading books or if I would have started a podcast yeah. that long ago, man. Like Educating yourself, man. My jiu-jitsu black belt is the reason. His name's Dylan, he's, and he's down in Fargo at Academy of Combat Arts. He's the reason I started a podcast. And he told me one day we're just training, and he's like, man, you don't ever shut up. You have the gift for gab. You should be uh you know you should start a podcast and like i didn't start it for like a year after he said that and i always think like if i would have started a year sooner i'd just be better at it i have more episodes maybe a better following you know and and and, you know once you get a certain amount of listens you can start getting advertisements and getting paid and yeah um, and that's not even really i mean it'd be cool to get some extra money for doing it but really my big thing is just it's therapy for me sitting and talking because i like to fucking talk and then i feel like i'm archiving all this, all these stories and this stuff that like my kids and their, yeah. my grandkids and grandkids, you know what I mean? Like be able to go back. Like I would love to go back and find videos or, or just audio recordings of like my great grandpa or great yeah. grandpa just talking about. I was bullshit. just talking to my wife about that the other day. It's like, you know, I know who my dad is and I kind of know who my grandpa is, but after that, you know, where the hell did I come from? You know, I have no clue, but <laughs> you know, in 500 years from now, with all the social media and YouTube and video and documentation, everybody will know who we were. Not that they'll give a shit, but at least they'll have access to know who we were. <laughs> For real. You know, but uh-huh. I mean, I, I can't go back very far. I mean, I've, you know, I've tried the ancestry thing or whatever, but. Dude, yeah. I did that 23. It wasn't 23 of me. I did the ancestry one and it, I couldn't, it couldn't have been more boring white guy, like German <laughs> Irish. And that was it. Like no little cool, you know, Chinese or something, yeah. you know, and there's this fucking Irish German. And I already knew that it was like such a waste of money. Yeah. I got that from my wife one year for Christmas and she got a kick out of it, you know, trying to find out where she was from. And yeah. Where, where were you born and raised and stuff? I was, uh, I'm born, born and raised in Kansas. So I, I lived there for 20 years and then joined the air force and, you know, now I'm 40 and been all over the place small town Kansas or uh no it was the biggest city in Kansas and at the time it had a population of I don't know a few hundred thousand I don't know what it is now maybe half a million Wichita Kansas it's kind of like yeah yeah. I've driven through Wichita I've driven through Topeka yeah Topeka is the capital uh yeah but I want to retire to San Antonio um that's just a great place well yeah you like San Antonio what do you like about it well there's like two million people there if you, you know, want to go get something, you can just go get it, that type of thing. Plus, there's a ton of jobs. For sure. You know, I mean, I'm in Grand out. Forks, North Dakota. And Grand Forks is the third is the third biggest city in third or second, dude. I don't even know. But we got like 70,000 people. And, I mean, if you need something, it's pretty much here. You can run to Fargo and get it. Fargo 70 miles away. But, yeah, it is nothing like being in, you know, a big city where there's, you know, you get bored here, man. Like, there's hockey games in the yeah. wintertime. I fish a lot, but other than that, there isn't. I mean, San Antonio you know, is one of those towns. Through once in a while. San Antonio is one of those I, towns where it takes you like an hour just to get from one end to the other. You know, I'm here in Sumter. In San Antonio. Oh, I love San Antonio, man. <laughs> it was like my second home before I, you know, actually got stationed there. I I went there after uh, Dover, actually, to La- to uh, Lackland and was an instructor. Um for like the basic loadmaster course, teaching kids how to do math, and it was is that a lot what of fun. Loadmaster is just math, knowing how to balance shit. Yeah, that's it. Just you know, you take the weight of an item and 
multiply it by where it's going to be type of thing. And then that tells you what kind of effect it will, (laughs) (laughs) what kind of effect it'll have on the airplane when it flies. It's interesting. So like, did that transfer into like when you get out to do, what can you do? Work for an airport or something? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. So while you're in, it's the greatest enlisted job because you get to fly around, make a little money, per diem, see the world, travel. But when you get out, there's just really nothing, nothing available to you except for, you know, so like, working for you like. You can't work like freight, like a freight, like Evergreen or anything like that? Yeah, or? sure, you could, doing load planning and stuff. But you, those guys don't actually fly with the cargo because those guys, say, yeah, you're gonna be. you know, those guys already know what they're picking up when they get there and there's already a load plan done. Whereas for us, we were there in case we get there and they're like, hey, man. I mean, I remember a time I went to Iraq and we were the first C-17 back in, you know, after the war had ended and then we were going back. Well, we were the first people in. We landed with a bunch of stuff and unloaded it. And then they're like, hey, man, you think you could take some of this stuff? <laughs> and we're like, well, what do you got? And he's like, all of this. And, you know, he pointed to this big freight yard of just random stuff. And so we ended up loading like a street sweeper and all kinds of just weird Jeez. things, you know. But but that's when it comes in handy because there was no pre-plan for that. And, you know, so it's like, well, we can take this, this, and that load it up and then you have to figure out where to put it and you take off and take it back to wherever you're going and unload it. But some of that stuff can be tricky too. You know, I mean, we, we would fly around our, our biggest, biggest job at Dover was following the president wherever he went because we're so close to Andrews. So we could fly to Andrews, pick up his, you know, secret service detail and fly him to wherever he was going and, you know, when you're loading those limos and helicopters and all that stuff, it's kind of tricky to get it on the airplane because they're so low to the ground or, you know, they're going to hit the top of the airplane when you bring it in. So that's kind of why you're there. That's Just kind of a expert of the airplane to not necessarily I can change the oil or whatever, but I, I knew how you to. Meet, you ever meet any presidents? Yeah, I met, uh, well, I met Biden when he was the vice president. I met Bush. Um Obama, and then uh, when Trump came around, I was in Lackland, not flying anymore. I met Obama in in Africa. I was at Djibouti, Africa. Okay, the dog handler, and he came in. He came through as a senator, and he gave us big speech and talked to everybody. And I was so disconnected from politics at the time that I didn't realize he was talking to everybody because he was getting ready to run for president. Oh, that's cool. Um, I remember he like petted my dog and shit and everybody was like, don't let him pet your dog. And I had Boric, this dog that would <sighs> never bite anybody. And he petted the dog and he shook his hand and stuff. And yeah, it was I'm- cool. I walked like 10 feet behind Bush when the uh, I-35 West, uh, a bridge in Minneapolis collapsed. And we sent me and another dog handler there to do a secret service mission to, uh, to just do, you know, the secret service shit, I guess. Yeah. I met, I and- met Bush in um, New York city at the UNGA actually I actually got you know when I was a dog handler I had a killer career because I always got picked up for these like specialized things and so I was attached to the state department instead of the secret service and I would just follow the the secretary of state who was Condoleezza Rice at the time just follow her around wherever she went or you know show up before she gets there but man it was cool you know I got pictures with her and stuff and then I got sent on that mission to Iraq and that was the best deployment ever with the with the with the army and instead of just being on some Air Force base, you know, like Balad or something, just 
working some stupid shift. Yeah, that shit sucked. But anyway, I was a kettle master in Qatar, man, and that was just searching. Yeah, search pit all day. I mean, I didn't work it. I sat in the fucking office. And- well, yeah, but I mean that type of thing. I I didn't want to do that shit. It was like being in Turkey, you know, for two years straight of nothing but search pit. Just you got to do a ram every once in a while. Well, yeah, you'd have to go up there. <laughs> so bad. To the front dude. gate. I hated doing those things. Did you ever get on night shift? Night shift was pretty cool. No, nah, I never worked nights. I was always Jeez. always all in that search family, pit. Family and stuff. Yeah, really yeah. They left that shit up to you, single guys. I mean, I yeah. probably worked one here and there, but I was mainly assigned to the search pit, which is whatever. But, but anyways, yes, yeah, so I left Turkey, went to Malmstrom, said to hell with being a cop, became a loadmaster, went to Dover, went to Lackland. Now I'm at Shaw. So I just so while I was at Lackland, um, my chief came up to me and was like, "Hey, man, we're looking for seven level C17 guys to retrain into sensor operator. You want to do it?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, let's do it." So then I retrained into being a sensor operator, and that's where What's I'm at What's a sensor now. operator do? We fly the uh, the drones, the Reapers. Yeah, yeah. It's here in Grand Forks, they were they're big on uh, the the UAVs and stuff here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a cool job. It's like uh, like playing video games. Not quite like Conquer, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you still play video games at all? Man, I haven't. Uh, I have a like an Xbox one or something uh and i got it with with uh my friend of mine who was a load master he talked me into buying it and it was for a game battlefield like a first person shooter type of thing yeah i've, I've played it yeah it was cool and uh last game last game i played was probably call of duty but yeah i'm not really i'm not really a gamer really well no, actually i take that back M- my wife and i bought we we have three kids uh, th- all three girls and our youngest we bought her uh, a nintendo switch and we got animal crossing and we're like oh you know you're gonna la- love this game and it'll teach her how to read and it completely backfired because it doesn't read anything and she you know she's constantly like what does it say and i'm like oh god just let me play <laughs> so then we ended up playing it and you know building our little island i don't know if you ever played this game but i've seen kids yeah, i've seen my kids play it yeah you just go through and you build an island and we you know we it's like a you know, built it all up. It's it's a tourist destination for sure, and so that was probably the last game I played. But I play Warzone a lot now. I was like addicted to Apex Legends, which is just a battle you know the battle royale genre of games that came out you know with Fortnite and stuff. And yeah, uh, it was just three man teams. You hit the ground with nothing. You try to find shit and be the last team alive. You know, and it's that circle that pushes you into the middle. Oh yeah, kind of um, like I played like PUBG and stuff on my phone. It's yeah, like that's they're thing. all the same, man. Just PUBG was more realistic. I played PUBG for a while. Uh and now I'm just into Warzone. Me and my brother get on and play all the time and I'm decent and there's just so many fucking try hard sweaty people out there. Yeah. Get their asses kicked most of the time. Yeah, I don't uh I've never played. I, my brother-in-law plays. He actually got me into playing uh call of duty they're only a couple hours up the street that's how we ended up at shaw my wife uh she was personnel at afpc and so we kind of got our pick of assignment when we left there and she retired and then we got our assignment so we picked here so she could be closer to home to her hometown which is only you know a couple hours north and anyway so he talked me into buying call of duty and i played with him a few times but i'm not very good at it 
you know, so I'm, I mainly just like run out there and die. I don't really know the strategy to, you know, it's like one out of 10 rounds. I'll have a positive kill rate and I'm like, yeah, fucking look at me, man. Hell yeah. And I like take screenshots of it and send it to him. And then he's like, all right, let's play. And then I, you know, I die. People all just the know time. the maps and they know all the little peaky points where you're like, and then you just die. As soon as you get shot, you're fucking dead. Yeah, um, but that's what I liked about Apex Legends is like your character's got this shield and it's all about movement. Like you can have good aim and stuff, but you got to be able to move around and, and like dodge and shit. And yeah. uh, it actually gave you a chance where you could move around and reheal up and not just get fucking melted right away. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't really play many games and I'm about to retire. I can't wait. I want to move back to Texas. A, f- a friend of mine, uh, I you know, I met him while I was in Texas, and we became really good friends. And he owns a hobby shop, and I'm big into like RC car. I've always been big into RC cars, racing these things. And since I was a little kid, my dad bought me my first one. We built it together. You know, kind of a mm-hmm. bonding moment. But anyway, uh, yeah. So anyway, he owns this hobby shop there, <clears throat> and he's like, "Hey, man, when you retire, you come back. You got a job here." And so that's kind of what I want to do. Just retire, get out and go back to San Antonio. What would you, and, what would you do there? Like just build cars, re- repair shit for people or. What yeah. That, so they that? sell more of like the high end type stuff. It's not really Walmart type of RC car hobbies. It's more of race cars and, but he has a track and all kinds of stuff. They do the drones and airplanes. And so the whole thing, and he has taken his his operation, which was a store in a strip mall, and moved it into this mall that's kind of dying, you know, like a like a big mall. And he got this all this square footage for cheap, and it's really working out for him because you know people still will come, and now you have all this extra space for the same amount of money, and you can do all kinds of stuff inside instead of outside when it's 110 degrees or whatever, and. So anyways, he just needs some help with that, kind of trying to get that going. And, and you know, it's 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 a proven thing that if you just sell the stuff, they'll come. But if, if you're doing something in a mall, people are like, hey, what are they doing in there? I want one of those too. And then they come in and buy them. And so that's kind of what he's trying to trying to start getting going. And RC cars are definitely something where you walk up and you're like, holy crap. And they're racing them and stuff where you're yeah. like, I'm going to get one of these. And, you know, even if most, I mean, I'm sure if certain, a high percentage don't stick with it. You know what I mean? They own one and they're like, I'm going to do this and that. And then they move on to something else. But fuck yeah, it, I mean, sell it to them. but that's the thing, you know, in, in this mall, we, you know, we, we try to sell the lower priced stuff because of that reason. We know that, you know, some kid's going to want it and his parents are going to buy it and he'll come and race it and then, you know, get rid of it. And then, you know, a lot of times he's really good about it because he'll buy it back from them. You know, obviously not what they paid for it, but you know, the used market for RC cars is kind of a big thing. And, and yeah, so he just needs some help with that. So that's my, that's I suppose my once plan. people get into it, it becomes competitive and they're like, man, I need to get a faster one or I need oh, to yeah. have a, a different motor in mine or whatever. They do. <laughs> I mean, it's just like Supercross. You know, there's there's pros that get paid six figures a year or whatever they get paid. I don't know to just go around and race these things at these big events. And uh, you know, I've so known people good. who have them, dude. They're so fucking fast that it's like hard to control the damn things. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It, it was hard for me. When, I remember when I was a kid learning how like when it's coming at you, it's even worse because now you're you're backwards with left and right. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. 
So yeah, but that's my that's my plan. Just uh, yeah, dude, your scooter in Turkey it reminded me. Of your <laughs> oh in yeah, Turkey. that thing that was thing badass, was nuts, bro. <laughs> uh, you have anything like that still or no? No, man. I you know that's kind of like what I like to do. Just buy stuff like that, fix it up, make it better, and you know just little projects. Like I want to buy a. I'm trying to talk my wife into letting me buy a. a a sportster, an old Harley sportster, because I want to turn it into a cafe racer. And that's just, you know, I don't really like just stock sportsters. They're kind of ugly and yeah. no, they're not ugly, but just not my thing. And, you know, if I, I like kept to, my sportster, I was going to bob it out. Like, I was gonna yeah, bob bobbers are thing. cool, but I want to go. I already had the seat and stuff. I yeah. did the seat. I just didn't do the handlebars. And then I just, I, when I got out of the Air Force, I kind of started getting hard up for money because yeah. I like wasn't getting that pay anymore. Like I tell people, dude, when I got out, so I'm welding for this company. And like by the end, I was getting $21 an hour, which is for Grand Forks, North Dakota is really good pay. Yeah, that's good. And uh, as a tech sergeant in the Air Force, after child support, which they took 675 from each paycheck, I was still getting like sixteen to $1,700 a paycheck after child support. And so I started working this job at $20 an hour and I'm getting like maybe 800 bucks every two weeks, dude. Like I, It's like... I got like half the pay, man. Yeah, you're not making me bad. looking forward to getting out. As long as you got that retirement to fall back on. Yeah, you no, that's nice. What's that? You invest it all or anything? You, well, yeah, I mean, I've done the TSP and, on you know, some stuff here and there. Um, I mean, I mean, to be honest, you don't really make that much money to be like, let me put half of my paycheck into some. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I could have, but, you know, I liked buying scooters and RC cars and, playing that stupid fucking conquer game I, I must have paid that dude like i don't know hundreds of dollars for that shit i don't even remember what i it remember was, one but. time me and you went halves on some gear from some uh, dude it's terrible this is so dumb that i remember king katoy was his name yeah that was that was the romanian how stupid, dude how yeah. stupid can i remember this shit but me and you went like halves these on it dude and I'm talking, we probably spent almost a grand, man, if not more. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. But you know, by the time I got shit. done with that game, I had probably $2,500 into it. And then I know you were like, I'm done with it. Just take the gear or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. I ended up selling it for like $1,600 to some Egyptian guy. And I don't, the Egyptians were fucking crazy about that game. Yeah, it was so crazy. And those dudes had some money too, man. But you're right. That game was whoever has the most is going to win. And. There for a while, shit, I remember jumping around being untouchable, dude. Like, ah, yeah. fuck. Anyway. This shit's ridiculous. Let's not go back to comedy. So you think that, you think that Francis there. beats Jones? Um, I think so, man. Like, like Dominic Reyes. Uh, that was a close fight. Against, yeah, that was a close yeah, yeah, fight. Yeah, that too. And then um, uh, Santos, a bad, bad knee or whatever, injured knee. and like That dude looks he, completely like, different now, though. And he barely beats his guys. Uh, took a lot of damage in the fight and he's going to go to heavyweight and he's obviously he's going to have more power and be more explosive. But he'll probably be a little slower. And I just don't see him going 25 minutes and not taking a big shot from Francis. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But I mean, Jones is crafty and he's the best to ever do it. So no, I wouldn't do I wouldn't be surprised to see him go out there and, and grind out a win against him either. Yeah. You know, it it seems like out. Jones always rises to the occasion of, whoever the opponent is and people are like oh but these these last few fights like i mentioned like they're closer than than his beginning fights but it's just 
that's the game, man. It's evolving, and you, you know, with him, he's going to be fighting the best of the best every fucking. He has season. changed a lot, dude. I remember watching him when he was like, before he became the champion, he was fighting Ryan Bader, I think, or something like that, and he had like these black trunks on that were loose. And I remember he like jumped backwards over whoever he was fighting, and I'm just like, what the fuck, Ryan dude? Bader, and then took his back. And, like, yeah, dude, it was it like, out. man, this guy's incredible, but. You know, he doesn't do that stuff anymore. Or like when he beat Shogun and made him tap out, like, dude, I mean, Jones. Like I, I think it's just the caliber of fighters he's fighting now. Like, those guys aren't going to let you get away with that shit. You know? No, yeah, the game has definitely changed. I've never I've never been a fighter or even trained. I mean, I barely like doing the PT test. <laughs> but, you know, there hasn't been a single UFC I've missed in a long time. So, yeah, man, he's 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 probably my one of my favorites, if not my favorite. To watch i got good feedback on my mma podcast that i used to do and i got to get back into it the thing is i fall off for a few months and i go and look at a fight card and it's like who the fuck are half of these people yeah. you know and i don't i don't keep up with the fighters like i used to and you know and i hate doing one where it's like i don't know this guy how can i be sitting here talking about fights on a podcast when it's like i don't necessarily know him you know yeah it gets yeah no i yeah I, i'm the same i my wife keeps telling me I need to start a podcast, but I'm like, I don't even know what the hell I'd talk about. That's how I felt, bro. I don't know, yeah, man. Like just, for a while I would get into like different things like genres and stuff. And they say you need a niche, right? So like MMA was my, would, could be a niche that I was using for a little while, but like my straight up solo cast where I sit and just rant and talk about anything. There's really no niche to it, man. It is just the whole Bill Burr thing. I know Chris D'Elia before he got in trouble with, underage girls like he you know they were just these solo guys that can sit and rant for like an hour straight and make shit funny and goofy and stuff and people are like oh you know some of the jokes you've written you know i've did stand-up comedy like three times bro <sighs> one time was pretty good the other two i ate a bag of dicks when i was on stage <laughs> man. you know and that's just how it goes but people are like oh you know tell some of your jokes or some of your material on there and i'm like that is the hackiest thing you can do man it's like try to tell jokes because you're not getting any feedback from anybody you know you're not yeah you're just like why the chicken cross the road (laughs) okay and then you just kind of you know (laughs) get some cheers (laughs) i need to get some of that (laughs) that back catch it was just crazy today huh yeah dude i don't know how you can uh man the voice voice yeah like (laughs) I don't know how Christian so, Bale did it through college, so many movies. College humor, college humor. You ever watch any of their videos uh-uh. on YouTube? They they had a Batman, and I kind of stealing it from them. That it was the same thing. Like there was one episode where he like he uh, he grabs the guy with his grappling hook thing, and he pulls him up, and the guy's upside down, and he's like, "Where are the other drugs going?" And he's like, "What? What voice is that?" And then he's like, "I'm I'm just I'm you know I'm still working on my voice and." It shows him go through all these accents and just dumb shit. And all of a sudden he starts coughing and he's like, where are the other drugs going? And he goes, Hey, and the guy's like, no, that's, that's the good voice right there. He's like, what? He's like, I, I just lost my voice. You know? And it's just, <laughs> it's funny, man. They're, they have a whole bunch of them. They're pretty funny. And they portray Batman as just this imbecilic idiot. That's whatever. I like that's the Batman. I kind of stole it from that movie with, with Heath Ledger was probably, it's gotta be the best Batman I've seen. My favorite. Dude, anyway. when I was in Qatar, I watched the one with Bane. Is it Dark Knight Rises or whatever? The one with Bane in it, I watched it so many freaking times. I just thought it was the coolest movie ever. I don't know why I watched it so much. 
Yeah. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy back in the day. I think I was going through some depression or something, but I'd sit in the basement at my ex fiance's house and just watch Guardians of the Galaxy over and over <laughs> again. The second one I didn't like, but. Wow. We watch a lot of shows now. Last night we started this one on, we had to get Peacock. Uh, it's a streaming network, it's a streaming platform. And it's this new, this is John Wayne Gacy, the serial killer. Okay. It's about him and like, oh, there's all these interviews they did with him that never got released. And now they're finally releasing him in this documentary. And dude, we watched the first episode last night and I'm hooked already. Yeah, it's one of those binge watching cool. things. Yeah, man. We watched a lot of Netflix. What was that last? Bridgerton, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, we've, we've like binge watched that. Uh, yeah, the one about the one? queen. Yeah, the, the queen's gambit. gambit, dude. That was. That have was you seen that? Good, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, one. Yeah. I don't even like chess, but that was a good one. I used to play chess a little bit here and there back. In I don't even know. Like, I mean, I know the I know the movements and the basic principle of it, but my buddy, bro, would he would he ass. would get in. He would join. Uh, he would get into chess tournaments, and what he all he would do to prepare was he would get on his computer and play like a chess game on his computer, and he would set his opponent's level to like super expert or whatever and then he would just watch what moves they do and he would learn and he learn that <laughs> way or that's a good way to do it and he would win tournaments and stuff like stupid yeah that's crazy yeah I, i've never i could play checkers i used to play checkers with my grandpa i never beat him not yeah. once it's because he never moved his back row <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man. man that's all i got i just uh you know Married, three kids, still in the Air Force. Uh, 13, 11, and six, all girls. Well, your daughter that you had in Turkey, um, how far do you live away from her? Or do you? Yeah, she lives in Texas, in Dallas. And so it was kind of nice being in San Antonio. We could just drive and pick her up for the summertime. And Is that another? Is she still there? Yeah, she's still there. And did Dawn, Dawn get out and stay? Is she that where she lives? Yeah, now she lives in uh, Dallas. Well, Dallas suburb so, area, yeah. Is that part of your motivation for staying and to go into San Antonio? Just kind of keeps you closer to your daughter. Yeah, right? for sure. I mean, it's, it was nice to just, you know, now we have to like try to schedule airfare, and it's it's yeah. more of a summertime thing. Where when I was there, we kind of could get more access, and so it was nice to get to hang out with with her. My youngest son lives in Pierce, South Dakota, man, and like. The problem is I went into a whole bunch of debt. Like I would just go and we'd get a hotel and stay there and go do fun stuff. And I would put it all on credit cards and that just wrecked me financially. So now it's like, I feel terrible that I don't go and see him as often as, as I do, but it's like, I just don't have the money, you know, to go do it. And it's like, I got to learn from my mistakes and I can't be putting myself into a bunch of debt, you know, to go see him. And we play video games all the time together and it ain't, it's not like I'm not in contact with him and stuff. And yeah. That's great, man. As long as you yeah. get to see him. Yeah. I mean, but we, he, we pretty much communicate with, with, with her over like FaceTime and, you know, I'm going to go see him this weekend. Uh, it's the first time in a long time though, because COVID and stuff. And I don't know, I just make dumb excuses for myself, man. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just, I got my first vaccine couple weeks ago waiting for the second robin robin and her kids all got it um we went to my brother's wedding we're staying in a hotel and robin forgot her toothbrush she was using my toothbrush and everything two days after the wedding she tested positive for covid and her kids got it they were asymptomatic so they didn't really deal with it robin was pretty sick for like a week 
Uh, I never got it, dude. I tested negative three different times now, and I never got it. Like, how do wow. if it's as it's as contagious as they say it is, and this and that, like, maybe you got it before and you didn't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's that's the only idea. thing. I I mean, because dude, I was in uh, Southern California at at a training school, and I I feel like the entire school got it, you know, but they didn't know what it was at the time because this was when it first started kicking off, and everybody was sick. And I remember getting sick, and so I feel like I got it then, and it's kind of... Y'all just thought it was the flu? Or yeah, what? like, you know, people weren't coming to, to school and weren't going to work, you know. They're like, oh, well, so-and-so's out because they don't feel good, so we'll see them tomorrow, you know. And, and then I even took a day, you know, like, man, I feel fucked up. Like, I need to stay home. And so I feel like I got it then, but they had no testing or anything like that at the time. And maybe that just made me immune to it. I don't know. I've been around some to, places. And. So I went to treatment in would have been January of 2020 uh, in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, it was for the for PTSD and for um, uh, my addiction shit with all the weed I was smoking. I started drinking a lot. I know you're you're on like a time limit, right? You got to go somewhere soon. Yeah, we got to get to the grocery store. I hear you. I got to go to stuff. the gym tonight for the first time in like. It's been weeks since I've been to the gym. We foster dogs, dude, and I got fucking mange from a dog. It's, uh, it's called scabies. And I hate talking about it because I'm like, scabies uh, sounds uh, like some fucking disgusting STD. And, man, it has been miserable, dude. If I go back in time, I wouldn't have touched those fucking puppies, man. Man, that's but crazy. Yeah, bathe I'm, them every couple days and this and that. But, like, I wish I would have got, I would have wore rubber gloves or something, dude. I feel like being I a dog handler made me not up. want pets. It's crazy. I thought that way a long for a long time. When I got out of the Air Force, I never got a dog right away. Um, we waited to get a dog. We live out, out out in the country now, and we have two and a half acres. And that's when we finally decided, like, I was, I was like, dude, it's not fair when I see people get a dog and they live in a small apartment or a small house in town. And it's like. Yeah, my wife has two dogs. Uh, they're both, like, small. And, you know, they're cool. But, you know, dude, I always I got, feel I was, like I should be training this dog to do something. But I don't even want, you know, like that. Yeah, I don't want nothing to do with it. My dog, our oldest dog, Bailey, she's like a plot hound, three years old now. Uh, she's pretty obedient. I got her trained pretty well. She just likes fucking food. Like, they all love food so much yeah. that it's like, it's so easy to train a dog that's that food sure. fucking driven. Yeah, my wife loves these dogs, and they love her. They're, all, you know, all about her. And it's crazy the the connection that they have, you know, with each other. Like, this dog. He, he looks at me and he's like, motherfucker, get back, you know? And <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, just I, I feel like for being a dog handler for so long that now I'm just kind of like, eh, I want nothing to do with you. I was that way for a while. I was like, I was burned out of fucking scoop, spraying dog shit all day, every day. Yeah. Dealing with asshole dogs that bite you, you know, bite you if you do the wrong fucking thing. And, but. Yeah. Got off track. So like when I went to treatment, dude, the second, the day I checked into treatment, uh, dude, I got sick as fuck. Actually the night before I could feel it. Like I'm like, something's going on, dude. I was so fucking sick, man. Like hot, cold, pissing out my ass, throwing up like everything. And they tested me and they said it was influ uh, influenza B, but I wonder if there was like something to do with COVID in there. You know what I mean? It could have been. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, if they tested me, I don't know, but. Yeah, Maybe, dude. Yeah, I was so I was, dude. I lay in my bed just wanting. I mean, I deal with the suicidal tendency shit here and there because of 
PTSD and whatnot, you know, and a big part of my show is like, I, you know, you listen, I'd like to talk about mental health and stuff, try to help other people through it and realize like Dave's this cool, badass dude and he struggles with stuff, you know? You know, it's crazy you bring that up. I've been struggling with that since 2006. Like I can remember the, the moment that, that, you know, has uh, affected me with all this. And I had these terrible dreams, you know, for the last 15 years that, you know, I wake up in these sweats and whatever. And I've always, I've never said anything about it because I was always afraid of my security clearance, you know, and all this stuff. And I didn't want to go to mental health. And so finally, actually it was last week. I was like, fuck this. I've got to go talk to somebody about this. And so I made a mental health appointment and I, I go talk to them. And uh, on April 12th, I think, or something. I have to look at my calendar. But Good for you, man. Like, yeah, I feel it's like crazy. I wish, dude. So when, like, all the, the cheating and all the stuff I did and, like, dude, I was selling weed. I was, dude, I was out of control, man. And I didn't realize, like, you know, I, I knew I was struggling from something. Uh, I've always been fucking kind of weird and crazy or whatever, you know. And there's always people that go around and they just, I have PTSD, I have depression, I have anxiety. And they, it's, I feel like they use it as an excuse. Uh, I look back on it now and I, I have a little more sympathy for those people. But, you know, before, when I finally started talking to somebody or going to treatment, it was like, you do these addictive personality things and you do this destructive stuff and your self-esteem is, you know, I, I seem like I have high self-esteem, but it's, dude, I hate myself yeah. for all the mistakes and the dumb shit I've ever done. And you don't realize like that's all part of the PTSD, you know, and going to treatment was the best thing I ever did. I wish I went sooner, uh, clean and sober 15 months now. I joke that I fucking hate it. I want to drink. (laughs) Yeah. I've never, I've never been much into drinking. I, I smoked cigarettes and that's it. I've never done any other drugs or anything like that. So smoke some weed when you get out. I know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, honestly, I don't think that the PTSD thing really affects me other than, these crazy ass dreams. And it's always the same dream over and over of this event that happened to me when I was deployed, you know? So it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I know that it affects my sleep because I mean, shit, dude, it's been 15 years and this kind of thing happens to me weekly, if not multiple times a week that I just wake up. I'm like, fuck. And it seems so real, you know, I'm I'm here again. Why, why, why is it? You know, Dude, that was a huge part of my justification for smoking weed. As soon as I started smoking weed, man, I slept like a baby and I, all my nightmares went away. Uh, I used to pop up in the middle of the night, like you said, covered in sweat. I feel like I just got in a fucking fight with somebody. Yeah. Sometimes I remember the dream. Sometimes I wouldn't. And it's just like a lot of my dreams were like I was just pinned down somewhere and I couldn't move and they were moving in on me. And it was just like, you're going to die. Dude, mine, you right now, you're yeah, gonna fucking die. mine is like I'm I'm in this firefight and I'm pulling the trigger, right? And for whatever reason, the trigger pull is so long that I'm like squeezing, squeezing, and I have to reach up with my other hand to pull, you know, to to make it go all the way back. <laughs> Not try to laugh at you, but it's just, yeah, you're fucking mine. Yeah, and, the, and then the bullets out. come out and they just bounce off these this dude's head, you know? And I'm just like, fuck. You know, I can't it's like the monster. It's like the monster dream where you can't get away from. Yeah, fast it's crazy, man. And, and I and it seems so like. I don't know. And I, and I know in my head that I've had this dream. I don't know, a thousand times in the last 15 years. And I don't know, dude, it's it fucks me up sleeping and 
you know, I'll, I'll wake up the next day or I'll, I'll go through the next day and just be all tired and fucked up because I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I, I feel like that, mentally man. that for whatever reason it has made me like, okay, I've got to take a shower before I go to bed because then I can, you know, just be clean to get into bed and I won't, it won't make me sweat. <laughs> you know, I'm still going to have the dream, but I won't wake up all fucking sweaty and shit. And yeah, God, it's terrible. I, but anyway, so I've just kind of just been dealing with it, you know, and I was talking to my wife about it and she's just like, you know, you need to see somebody. And But I mean, at least you're not out of control, dude. I went out of control, man. And I just, I don't know, dude. I just, dude, I don't, I couldn't, they went out in treatment. They, I have mother issues, right? My mom left when I was like six or seven, uh, replaced by a, a stepmother who I didn't think, who had a really different way of showing love and just was kind of really mean to us as kids and showed favoritism to my stepsisters and stuff. And uh, I look back on it now and I was probably a little asshole kid and it was, I was probably hard to get along with too, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I just, I just, I, I don't know. Like I, I have this need for love that'll never be filled. So here I am sleeping with all these girls, starting all these weird side relationships, trying to fill this love glass that'll never be filled, you know? And I just have to realize like my girl now, Robin, like even after all the, crazy shit I did to her, like keeps me in her life and like still have, you know, still that's good. Man. Wants me, dude. We I got know. somebody so I'm like, how can I not feel loved by that? Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy. true love, man. It's like to see that I did all that stuff and it wasn't to necessarily hurt her. You know, it was just, I was struggling with my shit and dude, ever since man, I've been so I've been dude, not having to worry about her looking in my phone or if, like you come home and she's got a yeah. weird look on her face and you're like, eh, did I get busted or <laughs> coming home am I going to smell like the girl I was just with like it was like this huge backpack or rucksack taken off my back man and a relief that that's good I don't gotta hide shit anymore man and it's nice being completely honest and you know you can't be a hundred percent honest there's little things where you know the whole oh you look fat in those jeans thing you know other than that (laughs) man it's 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 good being I love being honest and I love being open sometimes I'm a little too honest brutally honest but yeah, man, I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I'm happy. I've I've got a great relationship and That's great good. kids. My six year old's ornery sometimes, but she don't listen for shit. She's a redhead and my daughter turns eighteen in less than a, a like in a little over a week. Uh my other son's fifteen, thirteen, and I don't know. They'd rather play video games and just do their thing and my daughter works and has her boyfriend and uh, like we went to Puerto Rico last week. My brother-in-law flew us out to Puerto Rico. And I don't know if you listen to that podcast or not. Yeah. Uh, dude, Puerto Rico is fucking amazing. You ever been? I've never been. You've been like Costa Rica or any of those? Yeah. I've been like, uh, to the Caribbean, you know, Yeah. a bunch of times. Man, I didn't want to leave, bro. So nice. You know, what's crazy. It doesn't even get overly hot there, man. It's like, it's like 95, 90 is the hottest and it's like 80 all year round. I know. I'd love to move to the Caribbean, like retire to the Caribbean, win the Powerball, move to the Caribbean. (laughs) That's the, uh, that's the retirement plan. My podcast takes off, dude. And I'm like Joe Rogan status. Yeah. There you go. Sending me a hundred million. Dude, they're trying to cancel him. I was reading something the other day and it all has to do with that Fallon Fox bullshit. Where he talks, you know, there was a a, uh, a woman, she's a woman now, but was a man for like 32 years of her life. Uh, she gets in the cage and is beating up women. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. You know, and he, he has no problem with, you know, people, whatever you want to do in your life, as long as they're hurting anybody else. Well, this fucking woman who used to be a dude is in there breaking women's orbitals and cracking their skulls and shit. Like, 
Yeah, I'm with him on that. Like, I don't give a shit what you do in your personal life. I don't, you know, I don't, yeah. yeah, but when it comes to things like that, it's that dude though. There's no yeah, way they're there's gonna be no way. Him. He's the biggest. Nothing. He's the biggest show there is. I mean, I watched. Did you watch the one with him and Derek Lewis the other day? Yeah, yeah, that one was. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Derek Lewis. He's he's what he's up there too. Top five favorite guys. You know, he's hilarious. If he's if he's the only guy in the pay per view, I'm buying it because you know Derek Lewis is on it. But do you follow him on Instagram or anything? Uh, yeah, a little Instagram? bit. Yeah, he he does. Yeah, all his he videos, and videos shit. of people getting fucked up, and he's always like, he's okay. <laughs> like the guy's <laughs> obviously not okay. Oh yeah. man, but uh, yeah, man. All right, well, let's wrap it up, I guess. Yeah, man, it was good to talk to you. Good, um, not a good segue to an ending, but yeah, well, I dude, I seriously, man, with all my heart, man, I appreciate you bugging me to do this because, like, dude, every podcast, I'm like. I'm going to get some guests on. Like I have all these fighter friends and stuff that would probably make pretty interesting guests. And I don't know why I don't do it. I think it's just, I'm comfortable sitting here doing it by myself. And I've had a few guests on and I, I listened to them and I'm like, God, I asked dumb questions or I, I talked over them and, or I just talked too much. And yeah, but it you know, is like what I it said, is. the only way I'm going to get better at it is by having guests and just doing the whole conversational piece. And yeah, We'll I appreciate you bugging me about it. Yeah, we'll see how your uh, ratings go. <laughs> I didn't. I but the the podcast where I have guests on, I get more listens. That's crazy. Yeah, five stars, Dude, people. I will have my eight my my girlfriend's eight year old son on, and I'll get more listens on that podcast. You know, what I mean, because I'm sure her her side of the family and relatives are like, oh, what's Tristan got to say, and this and that. Yeah, he's cute. He loves it. I, I was streaming video games for a while, and the podcast, like people, like younger kids think it's like the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah. Wow. And my kids won't be on it. Like I, my daughter said, she'll be on it here soon. Uh, my son, 15, Davey Jr. is like video games. He doesn't care about anything else. He fucking hates school. Like comes up with every excuse to not do his schooling. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're going to fail. And he goes, I don't give a shit. I'm like, you're not going to graduate. <laughs> and he goes, nah, whatever. I'm like, oh my God, man. Like, what do I got to do to get him motivated? Uh, but for real, man, thanks for getting me out. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It was fun. I, Let's uh, do it again sometime. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll buy this Sportster. Hopefully, if she'll let me. If she's listening, you know, we'll see. Maybe yeah, she'll that's let one me thing buy. is like we don't have a garage or a shop in my house, and I miss tinkering with stuff. We have out in the little shed we have. I have a, a go kart, and that thing's pretty fun, but it just needs a lot of work still and yeah. carburetor issues. And mm. Yeah, man. We'll my, we'll get back up. You know. Uh, but yeah. I got right, Jones. Man. I got Jones. And you got we'll, Jones? Yeah, we'll bet a dollar. You take Francis. I got Jones. If it happens, man. Okay, like, I if guess it Jones, happens, Everybody's yeah. being like, Jones is scared. But if you know, John Jones ain't scared. He ain't scared of nobody. He's scared right. of not getting paid. That's what he's scared of. Sure. I'd be a little worried fighting Francis. Oh, I would be too. There, if, Dude, if I wait 250, I'd fight him. I'm probably going to get knocked out, but there's a good chance that I'm going to take his fucking ass down and grind it out. I'm like a ground guy, you know? Yeah, jeez, I, mean, I couldn't imagine that guy. That big shot, dude, like even at my like lightweights that I fought, we're going to keep fucking going, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but even at my lightweights, man, every time I fought, I'm like, I'm going to fucking eat one and go to sleep and all my friends are watching and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, golly, <laughs> that dude is, he's, I mean, but Jones is incredible, man. I mean, that dude is fantastic at what he does his at his craft the best to ever do it i think oh yeah for sure for sure all, all right, right cool man well i'll introduce you in the intro and stuff and all that like i don't know why i'm talking about that right now i probably could have talked about that afterwards but yeah <laughs> all right i'll talk to you later all right, brother.
All right, you guys, there you have it, man. That was my first ever Zoom podcast, and I think it went really well. Uh, thank you, Matt, uh, for for doing this with me, for kind of motivating me to do it and keeping on my ass about it. I really do appreciate it, man, and uh, I hope you guys liked it. This opens the door for a lot. I've had a lot of people who they don't really live in the area. They're, you know, at a can't really get together physically to do a podcast and they they've talked about it doing it this way and I finally did it and like I said I'm I'm excited to do, to do more and kind of get more into the conversationalist podcast you guys cuz I'm you're fucking sick of hearing about me I'm sure and my stupid opinions and ideas and whatnot but it is what it is you guys thank you so much for listening thanks for checking in on me uh, until next time later guys or gals <laughs>